0: So Father, we just ask for that love of your everlasting arms to wrap around uh, and to enfold every single one of us. Um, And God, from that place, pull us in and wake us up to who we really are, Um, to the authority that we carry, to the fact that the champion lives in us, that your resurrected power is alive in us that you're not in lockdown. And God, today as we open Scripture together for just a few moments, we just ask that you would crack open our hearts, that you would speak to us, that you would fill us with life as you fill us with your words. Yeah, and God, may lives change. May lives be empowered in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I could have just sat in those two songs for a really long time. That first one, Lean Back in particular, has been part of my my food and my experience for the last couple of months. I just can't get away from it. Um, There's just so much life in that right now. So if you happen to have a Bible, um, an iPhone, an iPad, why don't you crack it open to the book of John, chapter 5. The book of John, chapter 5. And I just want to look really briefly at two things. Uh, We are in extraordinary times right now. Um, What we are going through is not normal. This is a once in a century event that we are in the middle of. And I think it's just really important in times like this to make sure that we stay anchored to what God is saying, to who God is. Otherwise, it's so easy to just get caught up in the experience that the world is having and for us to be no different. So I just want to take a few minutes to have a look at a couple of thoughts in John chapter 5 and the encounter that Jesus has with both this man who needs healing and also with the religious cops that, uh, that show up. So John chapter 5 verse 1. Sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now, if you've got an NIV, you may be missing a couple of verses here. And they say, um, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame and the paralysed, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be healed of whatever disease they had. What what a crazy like place that is. Like scripture actually says it was an angel of the Lord that stirred the waters. Um, We would, if that was happening in this day, we'd probably get a little tripped out by that. Anyway, let's keep reading. Um, One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was healed. He picked up his mat and walked. Let's camp there for a moment. And then I'll jump a little bit later um, into John chapter five in just a second. But this pool, this pool called Bethesda, um, in Hebrew, it literally means house of loving kindness. So this is a place of healing. It is a place of loving kindness that this crippled, paralyzed man finds himself on the outside of. Now, think about this for a moment. He's been hanging around this pool where people are getting healed all the time. He's been hanging around here a while. This is not, this is not his first rodeo, so to speak, to pick up the horse analogy. Um, he's been around here for a while. And Jesus comes and asks him, do you want to get well? Now, when you first read this, to me, that's like, Jesus, were you having an off day? Jesus, did you not have your coffee this morning? Like, what do you think the answer to that question is? This guy's been hanging around this pool for a really long time. And you're asking him, does he want to get well? Why? (laughs) What kind of a question is that? Well, we start to see this unfold because verse 70 says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So Jesus is asking He's not just asking for information here. And quite often, pretty much all the time, whenever Jesus asks a question, he's not looking for information. He's trying to provoke something in heart. Because my guess is, as I read this, he has picked something up um, in terms of the way that this man is approaching life, which we then see unfold in the next verse. So Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? And the man doesn't actually answer the question. What he tells you, well, what he tells Jesus is everything outside of him that has gone wrong. What he doesn't say is, yes, and here's what I need. What he does is he points to everything in the external world as responsible for what he is currently experiencing. What is happening here is we have a man who for all sorts of really good, natural, earthly reasons, is stuck as a victim. He's stuck not just physically as a victim, but in the mindset of a victim. And this is why Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Because what Jesus is wanting to do here is he's wanting to to get to his heart and to pull him out of this powerless place and to bring him into a place of powerful choices. And so when Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk, he, he gives him something to do. It's something that this, that this paralyzed man has to then do to step outside of himself. What's the point here? We're we in a season right now where there is so much going on around us where we could so easily go into the mode of a victim. The government's doing this, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do that. And here was a man that had every excuse to be a victim because his physical circumstances, which he didn't choose, had bound him up and left him feeling powerless. But yet Jesus still came to him and asked him a powerful question. Do you want to get well? Now, how do I know when I'm in victim mode? It's really easy. I blame something outside of me for what I am currently experiencing. That is the very definition of victimhood is I blame something outside of me for what I'm currently experiencing and at its worst state I want to punish somebody else for what I'm currently experiencing. That is when we are full tilt in the victim mode. And Jesus asked him this question, not because he hadn't had enough coffee and just didn't have anything else to say. He was asking him a question because Jesus wanted to pull him out of his victimhood. Now, right now, we've got all sorts of reasons in the natural why we could go into victim mode. There's a lot of things that we can't do, not of our choice. But Jesus would still come to us and ask us, some really core questions of our heart around what are you going to choose right now are you going to answer me with all of the reasons outside of you that that you will blame for what you are currently experiencing or are you going to come to me powerful and make choices about what you can do make choices about who you are said it many times before, and it almost sounds cliche. We're all in lockdown, but our hearts not in lockdown. The power of the resurrected Jesus in us is not in lockdown right now. No government lockdown, no pandemic, none of that can keep Jesus in a box uh, and and can keep him in lockdown. He is as alive and as powerful as ever. But what the enemy would love to do is pull us into a victim mindset that blames everything outside of us and look, It felt justified. It felt absolutely justified for this guy to say, well, no one will help me. And even when I try, someone else gets in before me. So here I am stuck. It was absolutely justified in the natural. And yet Jesus came to him, asked him a powerful question and then gave him something powerful to do. So Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk, which was something he had to do. He had to literally get up. He had to make that choice to move his body. And as he did, he experienced divine um, interruption to his circumstances and the power of God reached out, touched him and healed him. What I want us as challenge number one is very simply, even though outside of us there's all sorts of reasons to have all sorts of excuses to feel lousy, to feel rotten um, and, and to go into depression and despair about all the things we can't do. But Jesus still comes to us and asks us a powerful question. What do you want? Who are you? Who are you really? Let's pull that to the surface and and let's get to that powerful place on the inside and let that start to impact the world around us. So challenge number one from John chapter five is even though we've got every natural excuse in the world to feel like victims and to blame things outside of us for what is happening in our life, Jesus doesn't let us go there. He pulls us into a place where we can powerfully choose. Then let's go on to the rest of John chapter 5. Well, not the rest of it. I want to go to a later part because obviously this happened on the Sabbath. Jesus is healing on the Sabbath and the religious cops as the Pharisees show up. And of course, they love to major on the minors and they say, hang on a sec. It's not lawful to pick up and carry your mat on the Sabbath. Why are you doing that? Like the guys just got healed for goodness sake. And they're focusing on the fact that he's carrying his mat. Um, Verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to him, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. The implication here is they're saying, hang on, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? And Jesus is saying, hey, my father doesn't take a day off. Now, my father is always at work. My father is always doing something. And so because he is always doing something, I am just, I'm following his lead. That's his answer. And in a time like this where we get easy, go, well, God's not doing much. God can't do much because we're in lockdown. No, 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 no. The father is always at work. He is always up to something. And then let's follow on to verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. So what we see here is in the middle of all of this, Jesus says, I I have eyes to see what the father is doing. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see what the father is doing. And you go, well, well, that's Jesus. I mean, of course he could see what the father is doing. But like Vaughn and I talked about earlier in John chapter 15, um, the latter part of John chapter 15, when Jesus says, I call you friends. He says, because I sh- the father shares everything with me and I share everything with you. So this thing that Jesus is saying, I only see what I, do what I see the father doing. We're in on this. We get in on this. We get to see, to have eyes for what the Father is doing. And here's what I want to challenge us. Number one, let's pull out of victimhood. Let's stop blaming our external circumstances for what we are currently experiencing. And then number two, let's look for what the Father is doing. Right now, it's so easy. Let's look at what the government is doing. Let's look at what the politicians, the health officials are doing. Let's look at whether people are getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated, Uh, whether people are wearing masks or not wearing masks. There's so many things that we can look at to see what everyone else is doing. But as I look at this passage, there's a call back to us to in the middle of all of that, while there's so many things we could be looking at, what he wants to call us back to is let's have eyes to see what the father is doing, because that is going to give us a very different perspective on this season. What's the father wanting to do in you right now? How is the father at work in your own life and in your own heart? What's he up to? Do you know? Have you asked? If not, this afternoon after we finish this, this would be a great time to just stop and to sit for a moment with the Father and say, Father, what, what are you doing in my life right now? What, what's your agenda? What are you working on? What are you wanting to touch in my life? I remember um, a time many years ago I was going through a bit of a rough patch. You know, I was recovering from some difficult experiences and I remember sitting in a meeting and just going, Father, what are you doing right now? Like, what are you doing in me? I can't see it. I, c- I just can't see it. I- I'm feeling a little lost. And as clear as anything, he said to me, I'm warring against your pain. And just in that moment, because I could s- now had eyes and ears to see and hear what the Father was doing, it can ch- completely change my perspective to one where I was just feeling blah, To one where now, okay, if that's what you're doing, I'm going to cooperate with what you're doing. So Father, how do I cooperate with your healing power and your healing processes in my life? So all of a sudden, instead of being victim to my circumstances and feeling lousy about it, one simple glimpse into what the Father was doing in me allowed me to come back into a powerful place and say, okay, Father, how do I cooperate with you? How do I cooperate with you in my own healing journey, in the healing of my own heart? So that's, what's the father doing in me? But what's the father doing in people around you? What's the father doing in your work colleagues? What's the, what's the father doing in other members of the I-61 family? See, when we have eyes to see what he is doing, we can then go, okay, father, how do you want me to cooperate with that? What do you want me to do? And maybe it's to drop someone a text and, and just to say, hey, I felt like I heard this from God for you. I hope it encourages you. Or to give them a call. Um, Or even send them a prophetic gift. This was a new idea I've had like just now. Send them a prophetic gift from online shopping somewhere that that in some way represents um, the heart of the Father towards them right now. Like let's get creative um, on cooperating with what the Father is doing. That was a new idea. Not had that one until literally just then. But can you see when we start to do this, when we start to have eyes to see what the Father is doing, when we pull out of victimhood and and the poor me and blaming our external circumstances for what we're experiencing and move out of that and into, Father, show me what you're doing. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear what you are doing in my own heart so I can cooperate with that and in the lives of others around me so I can cooperate with that too and love them well. All of a sudden... This season, which felt like external restriction, now becomes an adventure with the Father in doing the stuff of the kingdom, in in letting him work in my own heart and also participating in the work that he is doing in everyone else's heart. Anyone up for that journey? This to me sounds like a whole lot of fun. It sounds like a whole lot better than just letting the lockdown blues settle in on us. We are not powerless victims, we always have choice. And let's use that choice to open our eyes and open our ears to what the Father is doing. And let, let him show us that. Let him share that with us so that we can cooperate with his processes in our life and we can cooperate and co-labor with him to love and to build those around us, whether our church peeps, our own immediate family um, that we're, we're <laughs> in lockdown with right now, but even our friends, our neighbours, everywhere around us. That is way, way more fun than just getting the lockdown blues. So I want to pray for us along those lines and then we are going to bring today's broadcast into land. So Father, right now I just ask for anyone who is battling victim mode, for anyone who who is just stuck in that temptation to blame our external circumstances. Father, I just ask for, for a word to come from your heart that would pull us out of that. Um, and would pull us into that powerful place of 1 John 4, verse 4, which is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world around us, he that is in the environment or the atmosphere around us. God, I, I speak to everybody's heart and spirit, and I say, rise up, rise up in faith, begin to rise up, rise up in worship, rise up in violent praise, as we talked about last weekend. God, I speak to every spirit, and I say, rise up and be strong. And that strong is not this fake kind of put on thing. It's this genuine thing that comes from the inside out as we stir up our own spirit. God, I pray for, for, um, for new tongues to be released over people that would stir their spirit in a new way. That would stir up the fire that is within them. And I release the truth over us. We are not victims that you, the resurrected Jesus, are not in lockdown and that you are powerfully within us and your resurrection power is working powerfully in us and through us. And Father, open our eyes, open our ears to see and to hear what you are doing in our own lives, in our own hearts, and in the lives around us. And God, give us the grace, teach us how to lean into that grace to co-labor with what you are doing so that we build one another up in love, so that we bring each other from strength to strength, from life to life, And that that life overflows into our families, into our neighbourhoods, into our workplaces, into our schools and everywhere we go. That we would carry that that beautiful fragrance of Jesus. Father, I bless every person within the sound of my voice right now. God, I ask that your spirit would be all over them. Touch them deep. Touch them deep. God, where there is pain, would you bring your healing? God, where there is grief, would you bring your comfort? God, where there is illness, would you bring your healing in Jesus' name? And God, where there is anything of the enemy that would would be anything less than life and life more abundantly, God, we just release that promise of John 10.10 that he came to bring you life and life to the full. And we speak that life over you today. We speak life over you today in Jesus' name. We say there are good days ahead. There are good days ahead and that the resurrected Jesus is powerful in you. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.